behind the springs. Thank you. Can I continue? Yeah, <laughs> I just I, I needed to get my my uh, sound effects fix in. An inside look at your local government. Okay, got it. All right, so next. Can I interrupt you again? <laughs> no. Okay. Colorado Springs. Nearly 500,000 people. Olympic City, USA. Garden of the Gods. Pikes Peak. It's a growing city. Our local government has a lot of employees. What exactly do they do? How does it impact my life? This is where you find out. Behind the Springs, an inside look at your local government. Mayor John Southers became the 41st mayor of Colorado Springs in 2015. He was re-elected this April to a second term by an overwhelming majority. And we're glad to have him with us for this episode. We're going to ask him a few questions about what it's like to be the mayor. So thank you for giving us some of your time, Mayor Southers. Glad to be with you. Yeah, so we wanted to ask you some of the questions that I think you probably get just in conversation with folks sometimes. I know you certainly get them when you visit some of the um, school-age children in our community who want to know more about your job. Um, do you get people asking you what your job is like very often? Are they curious? Well, I think older people are embarrassed to ask exactly what the mayor does because I think they think they should know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but certainly young people are not the least bit embarrassed. And have some good questions. Uh, and the, a lot of them are always the same. How much money do you make? Uh, you know, do you have a, do you drive around in a a black Mercedes, and I always have to say not much money, and I don't get to drive around in a black Mercedes. <laughs> wah, wah, kind of disappointing, right? <laughs> yeah, we got to get you like an entourage going around and the and the big uh, suburban SUVs and everything. Can you, uh, we were talking about it a little bit before the episode, that we don't know if a lot of people understand the branches of our local government. You did a really good job of putting it into terms of the federal government. So can you kind of explain uh, where you fit in on the three branches here? You bet. Uh, all our branches of government in a Republican form of government, that's with a uh, uh, not a, that's not to designate a party, but a form of government, Republican, uh, have three branches. There's a executive branch in the federal government, it's the president, uh, state, it's the governor. Uh, there's a legislative branch, federal government, it's Congress, uh, state, it's the General Assembly. Uh, and then there's a, a court system, both a state and federal court system. Same's true uh, in the city. The executive branch uh, is uh, headed by the mayor, and we run the city on a day-to-day basis. The legislative branch is the council. Uh, they pass the laws, and if uh, I sign off on them, they become law. If I veto them, they can override my veto. And then we have our own uh, court system, uh, city court system. So we have three branches of government, just like every other level of government in uh, the United States. If we can get personal for just a couple questions, I know- um, We love getting personal. We do, here. we like that. Um, we know that you've held other elected positions, and I think some people in our community are aware of that as well. When did you realize that your life path, so to speak, was um, leading you toward public service? You know, that's an interesting question. When I look, reflect back on it, and I've uh, got a lot of years now to reflect back, um, I think it, uh, all goes back, uh, interestingly enough, to the most traumatic event in my life, and that was the death of my father when I was 15. And uh, when you confront mortality at a young age and you uh, have a recognition at that point in your life that life is short, uh, my father was only 59 when he died, um, you start thinking about uh, what gives meaning and purpose to your life. And I had some other experiences. I had a, a, a nun at St. Mary's High School who 
uh, told a story about uh, Roman conquerors coming back from uh, uh, their foreign conquests, and uh, a slave would whisper in their ear as they rode along in the chariot down the Appian Way in a uh, celebration called a triumph, and their job was to whisper in their ear, seek transit glory mundi, which means uh, thus passes the glory of the world, to remind them that life is short. Uh, in today's parlance, you'd say today's headlines are tomorrow's fish wrapping, things mm-hmm. like that. And so I, I think early on, as a result of a, a variety of circumstances, uh, I got the notion that uh, uh, I got very serious early in life about finding meaning and purpose in life, and that uh, led me uh, as a, uh, I became a lawyer, I th- always thought I had a skill set that would make, you know, make for a pretty good lawyer, and uh, that kind of led me uh, to public service as district attorney. Started out as a deputy DA. Uh, I spent ten years in private practice, uh, then got elected DA, and that just kind of from there. Once you do a good job in one position, sometimes it leads to other opportunities. I wound up being asked by the governor to run the Colorado Department of Corrections. Uh, That same governor appointed me attorney general. Uh, That same uh, governor said, uh, gee, I got a friend by the name of George W. Bush who needs to appoint a U.S. attorney in Colorado, and I think you'd be a great U.S. attorney. So those kinds of relationships lead to opportunities. And uh, I found that I was pretty good at managing uh, government law offices, and, and all my public service was in the law until uh, I ran for mayor. And that was something that I didn't think about for a long time beforehand. It was only when Colorado Springs went to a strong mayor and had some kind of uh, setbacks the first four years that I you know, was convinced by some of my friends that maybe I ought to run for, for uh, mayor. Well, and uh, we didn't scare you off from after your first term. You, you decided that you really wanted to stick around. Uh, what are some of the, what would you say would be the most uh, difficult part of your job or something that was different than what you expected coming into being mayor? I, I think I, I'm not sure there's things I didn't expect because I, you know, I've been in, in public service for a long time. I've been heavily criticized in other jobs. I know what that's all about. And you just got to uh, decide what's important. Uh, and once you think you're doing the right thing, stick to it. Uh, move down that road and and uh, not take the criticism too seriously. Um, I think the, the th- if I was surprised by anything, I've always worked very, very hard, but I don't think I've ever put in as many hours as I do as mayor. It, it's pretty close to 80 hours a week, uh, you know, 70 to 80, depending upon the week. I think people are, would be surprised to know that. Well, and, and see, some of them would say, well— so there's, you, if you go to three or four parties a night, that's not really work. Well, it is. I'm, right. I'm, I'm here to tell you. Right, like how hard is that? But you're yeah. speaking at a lot of those engagements. That's exactly and... right. And, you know, you get up at uh, 5.30, you go, uh, if, you, if you've got time, you go to the gym. If not, you go directly to your morning breakfast. Uh, and you roll in the, the house about uh, uh, 10 o'clock and fall in bed and get up the next day and do the do the same thing. Not a, there. There isn't any downtime. There right, isn't. No, there isn't. And uh, uh, Saturdays aren't much different than Fridays and Thursdays. Uh, Sunday, uh, typically, I don't work on uh, Sunday morning unless there's something I need to do. Uh, but uh, it's it's a lot of work. You don't get a lot of sleep. Um, 
but I, you know, I was well prepared for it. I've been working hard all my life. Do you have a favorite part? Uh, I think one of the favorite things is to uh, get out uh, uh, once or twice a month. I go out typically with the Chamber of Commerce to a business in Colorado Springs. And there's some, uh, and get a tour of the business and find out what it's about. And there's some amazing businesses in this town uh, that people, you know, don't know. Uh, there's a little uh, company downtown called Altia, and they're in, uh, they're the interface for the, the, the software on your dashboard in your car. And they're in like 15, 20 million cars and, and another 5 million every year. Uh, and, you know, it's all right, based right downtown Colorado Springs. Uh, not a, not a, a private entity, but you go out to Shriver Air Force Base and get a tour of the GPS. The, in, the, the world's entire GPS system is run from Colorado Springs. There's a bunch of 18, 19-year-old uh, airmen out there controlling 23 satellites that your phone wouldn't work if they weren't uh, doing the job out there. And there's just, t- you know, all kinds of things. There's a company here called Conceal Fab. Uh, talk about a hot business. Their job is covering up uh, wireless antennas and all that kind of stuff, with, you know, by making trees, by making, uh, you know, there's a, a barn up in Teller County that looks like a beautiful barn off in the distance. It's really a pump station for, <laughs> wow. uh, see, you know, Colorado Springs Utilities. It's a fabulous business. They're doing great, and it's, you know, all right here in Colorado Springs. They all want to be here. Yeah, yeah I was just talking exactly to right. a friend um, today who was saying, yeah, I've, I've I've talked with you know several different young people who don't know each other who've all said that Colorado Springs is one of like the top three places they're looking to move. Um, she said it not negatively, but with a little bit of a surprise. Wow, can you believe that? And I said, yes, I can. <laughs> but I don't think that that some people are aware of just how how many folks were drawing here for for various reasons. Oh yeah, uh, and right now, of course, our uh, job market's very good uh, among the best in the country. And uh, uh, they're, for the most part, pretty high-paying jobs. We, we've got, you know, job demand across the board, but our most uh, sought-after job right now, I think about uh, close to 900 openings, is uh, a software engineer. Wow. Uh, for the last three years, it's been registered nurse, but uh, this last month, software engineer became the most demanded job. Okay. So what, what would you say is the biggest um, – you know, in your job, you said you come across all these different companies and people and organizations. What's the biggest lesson you've learned, um, you know, in your time as mayor so far or one of the bigger lessons, something that you've learned that maybe, I don't know, surprised you? Um, as I say, I've been around the block, so there's not – I don't get surprised uh, by a lot of things. Um, I think what uh, kind of a management style that I've arrived at – uh, through the years, and for the most part, I was managing lawyers. Now I'm managing a lot more than just uh, lawyers. But I think I've I've gotten pretty good at managing very large organizations where you're not in face-to-face contact with all the employees every day. That can be tough. Uh, it is. It's a, it's a different thing. And and number one, you have to understand that even if they're not uh, in eyesight of you, they're still watching you. Uh, in other words, uh, you have to set an example. Uh, and um, if, if you expect them to, uh, uh, you know, uh, stay on the straight and narrow, you got to stay on the straight and narrow and be a good example. You've got to uh, be careful with your words. You've got to be uh, 
uh, you know, you, got, you have to be a good example, and you have to pass messages down. It's a little easier in this day and age with podcasts mm-hmm. and uh, social media and uh, uh, email and all that sort of thing uh, than it was uh, years ago. Uh, but uh, there's plenty of opportunity to let people know, uh, you know, what your concerns are, what your objectives and vision uh, is, and uh, we work. Uh, we work to do that uh, as best we can. Well, we'll get to what some of your objectives are because I like the way that you uh, keep tabs on your objectives, and that's a little bit of a tease for we'll take a quick break and then come back and, and talk about an a, a infamous list that you have here. Hope you're enjoying this episode of Behind the Springs. Jen and Ted are just scratching the surface when it comes to all the things you need to know about your local government. Stay connected with us on social media at City of COS and check out our website at coloradosprings.gov to stay up to date. Now, back to the show. All right, we're here with Mayor Southers and asking him some questions about just what those non-typical days, I should say not typical day, but days on the job are like for him. Um, And I I think you were talking a, a lot about having your objectives and focus, keeping that focus while you're in office. How do you do that? Can you share with us some of your strategy? Well, uh, I'm, I'm an old guy, right? Uh, so I predate, um, you know, handhelds and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And throughout my entire life, I've been doing to-do lists. Uh, when I was a young lawyer, um, I had a to-do list that I updated every day, what cases I was going to pay attention to and things like that. Uh, when I was in the uh, DA's office, I had a to-do list. I still have a to-do list. Um, and uh, the department heads that we meet, uh, you know, uh, first Wednesday of every month, uh, the mayor meets with all the department heads. And I come in with a, you know, day, a uh, uh, couple of pages. And uh, I've got check the things I want to uh, check up on. Uh, I always, uh, and they know, um, uh, you know, if you've got this one particular responsibility and it's something that I've asked you about the last three months, you better be, a, uh, well, you know, you better be able to give an update about it. Uh, and then I keep kind of a annual uh, to-do list. So at the beginning of uh, January uh, each year, I've, uh, as mayor, I've sat down and said, this is the big picture items I want to accomplish uh, this year. And Frankly, it's been a marvelous process, I think, because we've been so successful in checking off all the things. So <clears throat> There's nothing quite as satisfying as checking off. That's right? exactly right. Yeah, I mean, I think you so, know, I'm, too. I'm looking at my 2019 to-do list. Uh, you know, we renewed uh, 2C uh, for roads. Uh, we've done a good job of implementing 2A, the stormwater uh, measure. Uh, we... Uh, got off the ground on two of the more difficult um, City for Champions projects, the downtown stadium and indoor arena, and also the United States uh, Air Force Academy. Uh, a couple of years ago, both of those were you know, not certain. A lot of great work's gone in, and they're both going to happen. Uh, they're all three uh, really going to happen, so I feel very good about that. Uh, we um, succeeded in doing a merger between the city and county office for emergency management this year something that i thought was way past due uh red light enforcement uh i'm sure our citizens have mixed emotions about that uh, i think we needed to do it we got way too many people running red lights in the city and uh, causing injury and death um, uh, parklands uh, dedication ordinance we're in the final stages of going to council 
uh, made a lot of progress in Summit House funding. Uh, Airport Business Park continues to really go well. Uh, for me, uh, in 2019, it was a big objective to defeat collective bargaining. I did not want to see Colorado Springs go down that road, and that uh, we were very successful in that. The one thing on my list this year that we did not accomplish, uh, and it was on my list last year and we did not accomplish, mm-hmm. uh, was resolving the case, uh, stormwater case, uh, with the EPA in the state of Colorado over alleged violations of our MS4 water quality permit. The state and federal governments allege that we have not through the years been doing enough to clean up stormwater before we put it into uh, the Fountain Creek Basin, which of course goes into the Arkansas, the Mississippi, and the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, and that's a matter of detaining and retaining water. Uh, and uh, we're making a lot of progress, and I think they recognize that, and I hope to get that case settled in the next uh, six months or so. Oh, that's great. And it's good for people to know, I think, um, number one, that you're not able to check off everything sometimes, just like everyone else. And then what do you do when you don't? You carry it over, right? You, yeah, you unless make a new list. Yeah, unless and... it's dead in the water, and I haven't had any of those yet. Uh, right. And this, of course, has to has to take place. Um, it's just not happening as quickly as yeah, you Yeah. You know, we went to trial on a couple of issues and uh, did not fare well. So the writing's on the wall. We needed to settle this case. And we're doing the best job we can to settle it. So when do you typically make your new list? You said early uh, January. Yeah, probably January, first couple of days of January. And uh, I can tell you what will be at top of it. Settle the EPA, <laughs> state of Colorado uh, lawsuit. Well, and we're a audio medium. So to kind of uh, give people the visual, this is about a three-by-three three, uh, uh, note. It's an index card. An index yeah. card. Okay. We can put a picture up. Even ripped in half, I think, right? Well, I, I trimmed it off because I had some other notes there that I didn't want you guys to see. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So so on an index card, where does this sit on your desk, too? I'm hitting you with the hard questions. It's under the glass, just to my right on my desk. So it's you under keep the glass. it very yeah. visible throughout yeah. the year. And uh, by the way, the 218 and 217 list are under it. Okay. Oh, nice. Good and did you nail all of the things on those lists except for, I know, EPA? Yeah. yeah. We've yeah. really, I mean... I have to pinch myself sometimes. Uh, I did not really think that in four years we could accomplish all the things we've accomplished. It's a great tribute to the citizens of Colorado Springs, the employees of the city of Colorado Springs. Uh, We've really made a lot of progress. So have you thought, can you share a couple thoughts about what might be on your 2020 list? Well, settling the EPA case. Other than that, Number one. Number two, uh, I want to keep... Uh, making the progress uh, on homelessness. And people say, what do you mean progress, Mr. Southers? The fact of the matter is we had uh, consistent increases in our homeless population until 2017 to 2018, we were stable. And from 2018, 2019, we actually had a 13% decrease in the unsheltered. Uh, And I want to continue that trend. Um, I feel very good about the campus that we've got going at uh, Rescue Mission uh, we're moving a lot of uh, um, support services in there. I think we're going to have a health care facility. We're going to have drug treatment. We're going to have uh, uh, mental health uh, treatment. And the bottom line for me is uh, I want to be able to help those that want help. Uh, and legally, we need to be able to uh, offer shelter bed to those that want a shelter bed because we're, uh, we need to do that in order to aggressively enforce our no camping bans for those that don't want to be helped. Uh, it's it's a little bit of a tough love situation, but I think that's the, the, the best way to do it. 
Uh, when I look around at some other cities that have very, very serious problems, I think the city's gotten too accommodating, letting you know camps develop and things like that. Uh, and we're in legally good uh, position as, as long as we have enough shelter beds to take care of those that that want to be sheltered. So uh, uh, that, of course, affordable housing. Uh, we're coming, uh, we'll be introducing an affordable housing plan. I set a goal a couple years ago to go from 500 units a year to 1,000. I think we're well on pace to do that. Um, and, uh, uh, we, you know, once again, the city's not in the housing business, but we want to facilitate that through some of the federal dollars and state dollars we have available to us and encourage our developers to take advantage of some tax incentives and things like that. Uh, so those are a couple of things. Uh, I, uh, it looks to me like I'll be going to an awful lot of uh, ribbon cuttings and groundbreakings, which is very, very exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to open the Olympic Museum in April. Uh, we're going to maybe be uh, uh, opening the new Summit House late fall. Uh, uh, and then, you know, all these other, we did a big groundbreaking for the downtown stadium. I think we'll do a groundbreaking pretty quickly for uh, the arena on the city, uh, the Carroll College campus. I think we'll see, have some really good announcements out at the airport. So a lot of fun things. I mean, that's the gratifying part is to see some of these things come to fruition. It really is. It really is. Yeah. I, I have to tell you, well, I've, you know, been in and around public service for over 30 years I think the last couple of years from a political leadership standpoint have been the most satisfying. And there's obviously more opportunity for political leadership in a position like mayor than, uh, than uh, you know, U.S. attorney or attorney general, district attorney, things like that. Yeah. Well, to bring this episode full circle, like the great hosts that we are, you started this off talking about life is short. Uh, we're looking at the accomplishments that you've already had over the first term, what you're looking forward to even this upcoming year and the next three and a half years, what's the legacy that you want to leave behind as mayor? You know, I don't, uh, I stay away from the word legacy because I think that um, is something that other people decide for you. Um, It's true. Yeah. Yeah. um, But having said that, uh, my goal, uh, I took over a city that, and the reason I ran for mayor, it was, things were pretty stagnant. Uh, we needed to uh, create a much better atmosphere, a collaborative atmosphere between the legislative and the uh, executive branch. Uh, then we needed to use that collaboration to address uh, immense infrastructure problems. We had about a $1.5 billion infrastructure deficit. Uh, and also uh, get going on job creation because we'd been stagnant uh, for 10 years. Uh, I think uh, what we've accomplished is those three things – and those have then, uh, you know, attracted tremendous private investment. And we're in the process of moving Colorado Springs uh, into becoming a big city. It was going to become a big city no matter what. But I think we've done it in a way that's going to ensure that uh, uh, it's going to be a dynamic uh, city and it's going to be uh, one that people want to live in. Um, I, I, I sound like a broken record, but I, I, I say it all the time. Uh, General Palmer, you know, he, he looked at that mountain and said, what a place to build a city. Uh, I'm going to build a city that matches the scenery, and that's what's going to make it so attractive. And here we are, 500,000 people later, 148 and a half years later. That's still our job, uh, to continue to build a city that takes advantage of the uh, immense uh, 
natural beauty that we have around us uh, and to build that city in a way that matches our scenery. And I think uh, hopefully I've done a pretty good job of it. And uh, uh, 30 years from now, I, I still want to be the most desirable city in America to live. Absolutely, and can just contribute to that. That's right. wonderful. And I, I want to mention, too, just for folks who aren't aware, um, of course, of your personal connection to Colorado Springs and that you uh, grew up here. I did. I've been here since I was uh, three weeks old. I was uh, uh, born in Denver and adopted uh, uh, by my mom and dad had moved here after World War II. My dad had, uh, uh, they were in Detroit. He got, uh, he enlisted the day after Pearl Harbor, uh, got sent out to Camp Carson, Colorado. It was the first time he'd ever been west of the Mississippi. Hmm. He got out here to prepare for the uh, invasion of North Africa, which uh, was several months of training. And my mom came out, stayed at the Buffalo Lodge in Manitou Springs, which, by the way, is still there. And uh, they said, my gosh, this is a beautiful place. Uh, and they made a deal. If my dad survived the war, they'd move here. Uh, they did in 1946, still got the phone book that we're listed in in 1946. They adopted me in 1951, and it's a wonderful place to uh, grow up, and it's been a tremendous, tremendous uh, honor and privilege to serve as the mayor. And an amazing tra- you know, transformation that you've witnessed personally. Yeah. It's, Isn't that uh, fun? I like to say when I was born, there's about 40,000 people. Now there's more than 40,000 college students. <laughs> amazing. That's which kind of growth we've seen. Yeah. Oh, just awesome. Well, thank you. I know that not many people thank you for your service, or maybe they do. I hope they do. Some do. Yeah, some do, some don't. Well, we'd like to thank you. Yes. We'd like to be a positive place, but I think it's really interesting for people to hear kind of what it's like. And my only last question I would have would would just be, you know, you talked about how you don't have a whole lot of free time, um, but when you do, do you have anything specific that you like to do or any places that you like to? What what are your favorite places of Colorado Springs? How do you kind of unwind? or? I walk. Um, I walk in Bear Creek Park. I walk in uh, Stratton Preserve, uh, trying to do that uh, on a Saturday or Sunday, get up real early, do that. Uh, I uh, do a little bit of exercise during the week at a gym. Um, I like to play golf um, in the summer, uh, typically on a Sunday. My wife's gotten so good that she humiliates me every Sunday. But but you're you're still married. Yeah, we're still married after 44 years. and uh, uh, we, we do, uh, you know, I, I like to do a little traveling. Uh, some of uh, the job presents an opportunity to do a little traveling, but we also uh, try and get off on some, you know, true vacations every once in a while. Yeah, that's nice. Okay. Well, thanks for sharing so much with us. You're glad to be here. Yeah. Well, uh, if you don't hate us yet, we'll have you back on for oh another episode goodness, at some yes, point. So. Yes. And everyone else, please rate, like, and subscribe the podcast when you can. Well, thank you for listening to another edition of Behind the Spring.